This is a test of the Bounty Park Alert System. Hello and welcome to episode 22 of the inaugural Oldham Athletic in the National League season episode of the Boundary Park Alert System podcast with me, Matt Dean and Andy Halliwell. Good morning, or I should say good afternoon, Andy. How are you? Uh, yeah, I'm all right. Yeah. Good, good. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. And returning like a blast from the past. Oh, we're not, we're, are we not doing his intro? Oh, sorry. I forgot about that. I know everyone knows Steve, don't they? <laughs> yeah. What were the it's questions? Let's run through it. Let's run. Let's do it quickly. Go on. What's uh, his, the, uh... his, first, his first game because he's obviously you know uh, returning as a as a genuine fan guest. Now, yeah, yeah. As opposed to, as opposed to uh, you know one member of uh, PTB. His first game was uh, Roger Palmer's testimonial against Man City just after we won the league in '91. Yeah. Um, his favourite first player was Richard Jobson. His his best. Or favourite Latics memories, probably the Liverpool game. So I assume by that you mean the 3 2 in 2012. The one we won. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. closely followed by the Everton game. I don't know whether you mean the 1 0 win at, at Goodison or the 2 all draw at Boundary Park. Or the 8 3 play in the 1990. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just remember the euphoria after the 2 2 was just, yeah, you know, the, the 1 0 the away was, it was brilliant being there, but. There was something about that too, too. They almost made it feel better than the Liverpool game, just the way it all came about at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was a, yeah. When Matt Smith equalised, amazing, isn't it? Um, yeah. And the surprising fact about yourself, well, it's surprising, but we probably aired it before on here. Um, Steve Shipman's granddad played for Latics in the 1930s. What was his name, Steve? Uh, Thomas Shipman. Thomas Eric Rollison Shipman. He was called. Wow, what a name. Yeah, oh, yeah. Tommy Shipman. Yeah, indeed. Well, yeah, indeed. <laughs> So welcome back, Steve Shipman, as a fan guest. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for having us. Pleasure. Always a pleasure, Steve. Always a pleasure. Um, yeah, so some good memories there. But, you know, life is about creating new memories, isn't it? Uh, it's about new experiences. It's about, you know, all the untold joys and wonder that we have ahead of us. Uh, and yesterday, Steve, I caught up with you in the fan bar. And we were both full of wonder and joy and anticipation at the, the, the forthcoming experience that we were about to share, weren't we? We were, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In that, I remember in the, what I predicted as well. Well, you know what? You know what? Uh, <laughs> since I was on f- f- fanzoni duty yesterday, should we ever listen to, uh, to what, what, what I got up to in the bar before the game? Fanzoni! Hi, how are you doing? What's your name? Quinton. Quinton and James. James, okay. I'm Matt. I'm I'm quite excited about this competition. I'm quite excited about the idea of Oldham actually getting to Wembley. It's a long time since we were there last. How, how do you feel about this competition? Well, I'd rather not be eligible to enter it and be still in the Football League, yeah. but while we're here, let's try and make the best. Yeah, I'd love to go to Wembley again. Yeah. yeah. Well, especially the new Wembley. How about yourself? I just look forward to any game, and obviously, I'd like to, like us to carry on and go all the way. It's about our downward spiral has been for a long, long time, so it's all about momentum, isn't it? 
the win, a good win today helps us in our immediate form and a, a, a trip to Wembley would be great for morale wouldn't it yeah like, certainly since we've to, uh, since we changed the two up front we've looked at a different team um, and hope that we're going to you know, keep the run going now and progress have you been worried um, about the manager over the, the last few weeks or have you, have, you, have you had faith that it was going to turn around um, I've got full faith in him not at all uh, there's been a lot of bad publicity and I, I think it's unwarranted I, I think we're in it for the long haul and that's what I like to see um, progression not expecting uh, anything overnight, so um, long may it continue. I think after the, the period of time that we've had recently, the psyche among supporters is kind of one of panic a little bit, and I think that earlier on in the season, with the results not being great and the performances not being great, there was a bit of panic setting in, wasn't there? There was, but we had a, <coughs> a squad that was particularly poor, really, that, that was like, built on no budget, whereas now Uns was having the chance to bring some of his own uh, recruits in and, and they're definitely improving yeah. and we're still in with the chance of if we get on a really good run of making the bottom end of the playoffs it is possible isn't it it is possible who's impressed you the most uh, this season on the field on the field um, well obviously I'm a big fan of Clark yeah you know I'm, I know he's getting on a bit but I would like to see him uh, obviously take a coaching role up when it's bad because he must know that these leagues better than anybody so I, I'm a big fan of Clark he's definitely made a difference since he's come back and I've been really impressed with Nuttall I think he, he looks like the real deal a really good striker so let's have a let's have a prediction from you for today's game then 2-0 for Ewald I'll take either thank you gentlemen the cam on it the cam on it I've just asked Will Goff if he wants to be on Fanzoni. He said, no, I will. No. Come on. Uh, is it Andy Halliwell's mum who's missing your voice on the podcast? I think it was, wasn't it? I'm sure there are many more. Many more people missing your voice? <laughs> well, there he is, in amongst the noise. Uh, the FA Trophy. We can win this, can't we? And a trip to Wembley. I'm actually getting quite excited about it. How are you feeling about it? Not excited, but yeah, it would be good to actually you know, make it to Wembley. I, I missed Wembley the first time because I wasn't in the country, so I've, I've never been seen us at Wembley. Yeah. So yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd love it. Yeah. One of the very few teams who've never played at the new Wembley. And it's an occasion, isn't it, because the FA Vars is on the same day before clubs there. I think if we played someone like Notts County in the final, it could be quite an occasion. Could be, but the way you describe that just makes it sound so tin pot. <laughs> four teams out. Come on, we can't fill the stadium. Let, let's get let's get four different teams in. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, I'd, I'd still love it. How's life since BTB? Uh, well, I'm going to say disbanded, but they're just they're kind of like lurking in the shadows, like Batman, just in case I reckon. But how's life since it's all died down? So much easier, so less stressful. Um, yeah, it's got a lot more time back it's incredible how much time you can put in and like you'll know with with the, the foundation and everything else that you do the people don't realize how much time it takes up so it's nice to get that time back what's your prediction for today's uh, game then um one all and winning on penalties Ooh, again penalties again right steve you're on the podcast tomorrow so all we can do is we can do the pre 
your pre-score you know, prediction before I receive your ride tomorrow. I've really hung myself out to dry it, can't I? <laughs> but, but, but I'll talk to you more tomorrow. So, first, are you looking forward to the game? Is it, are you feeling like me? Are you, you know, is there a bit of excitement about this competition? I'm, not, I'm actually quite happy to be back. I've not been to the Torquay game, like holidays and like postponements and whatnot. So, I'm actually quite looking forward to... I've had a, obviously had a couple of decent results of late, so looking forward to get back and seeing how we set up. So, yeah, I'm... You know, it was this fourth round, is it? I think. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how many more games there is before the final, but got, got to get excited. We've not been to Wembley before, so like, why the hell not? You Wembley. So, yeah. so you're uh, you're on Latte's mind tomorrow, so we'll be testing your knowledge. Um, but let's see your prediction power. What do you reckon the score is going to be? I think it's going to be two-one Latex today. I'll take it. Hey, grazie mille, panzone. Ah, the innocence, the innocence of the pre-match, of the build-up there. <laughs> the um, <laughs> yeah, and it, and it all came crashing down um, thereafter. My excitement was short-lived at a trip to Wembley. Um, I'm going to blame Brad. Brad Knowles got me kind of fired up in the group. He kept talking about going to where we're going to win the FA Trophy. I was like, yeah, I mean, Brad, I bought into your enthusiasm, Brad, um, and um, and you let me down. No, you didn't let me down. You didn't let me down at all, Brad. Um, but the 11 players on the pitch <laughs> yesterday really let us down. Um, Steve, we, we were sat in the North Stand together. I, I mixed it up a bit yesterday because uh, I wanted to sit with you and Will. Um, so what did you make of the uh, of the performance yesterday, first of all? Um it was uh, it was just it was horrible, wasn't it? It was really bad. Um, I think I think probably for the first ten minutes, I think we were, we were kind of just all chatting away, weren't we, and catching up and stuff like that. So we probably didn't pay too much attention. So I didn't really focus on it for the first ten, and then once you actually sort of got your head around it, it was just it, we just weren't at the races, were we? You know, we didn't um, we didn't look after the ball. We there was no threat. There was no urgency. Um, it was a really, really abject display. I think it was one of those. By the time that we'd actually gone a goal down, you, we, we just looked as if we didn't have the real, you know, we couldn't get out of that gear we were in in order to try and up the tempo and and, and cause them problems. But they were just, you know, I don't think they were a great side by any stretch of the stretch of the imagination. And the league position shows that, doesn't it? But um. After after the runner results that we'd had, albeit not had seen them, the five one and the two two with Notts County, I, I sort of came along thinking square pegs in round, uh, square pegs in square holes with um, you know four four two and fond up and nut on, and I was sort of expecting to to see a big improvement on where we'd been over the last few weeks and months, and and, and I, I didn't see that at all. In fact, it just probably left me with more questions at the end of it. So, Jazz. Uh, how do we get out of this mess? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm certainly not. You know, hitting the panic button. But um, you know, I think when it comes to however many games under the sad now, it's got to be approaching twenty games. Um, I, I'm. I'm not really seeing. I'm not sort of seeing the consistency of of, of performances get better, which is what you want to see under a manager. Um, so by no means am I. I'm a panicking because I think we've definitely got enough to get out of it. Um, and I think when the chips are down, we'll 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 show that. But um, to go out yesterday in the manner that we did was really, really, really disappointing. 
I think in regards to the to the competition, there's, there was two schools of thought. Really, there was we can get to Wembley, we can you know we can we can have a good day out, we we can start building some kind of momentum towards success, and then there was the kind of well, it's a tin pot trophy that you know we we, we should never be in. Andy, what was your view on on that? Which side of the fence were you on that one? Oh, fully, fully wanting us to, to win that game and go all the way. I think it's. I think there are the same amount of rounds as there are in the FA Cup. So, fifth round, quarter final, semi final, final. I think that's what was to come afterwards. Yeah, getting behind a cup run. I don't care what. It's, it's funny actually. I, my attitude to this one was was more positive than it's ever been in the twenty odd years we've competed in the pizza pot trophy, which yeah. I never never liked. This one, I, I was behind, like the thought of, you know, we needing to win games and get some momentum going. And, and also, we were at home to Gateshead. Gateshead, who were around us, we should be looking to go and win that game, especially off the back of a resounding 5-1 win at Dork in the week before. We should really be looking to build up on that momentum. So I was bitterly disappointed with... I mean, I, I, I was I was out for the first half, so I didn't, I didn't catch that. But I listened to the commentary for the whole second half and we sounded utterly dreadful. So, you know, it was it, it was pretty pretty disheartening, if I'm honest. Um, so I'm I'm really really disappointed that we're the, that we're not in it. And and, and I'd like to ask the question because you, you two gentlemen were there. Obviously, I wasn't. Hopefully, I'll be at Wheelstone on Tuesday. Um, where where do you put the blame? Right? It, you, you know, there's there's I've seen a lot of hysteria on on social media. A lot of hysteria, and I'm talking like hysteria <laughs> ranging from. Pitch invasions. Yeah, that was to... our friend. That was our friend Jack Miller who was who said that, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I, I'm not. I don't know who. I'm not going to name names. I'm just thinking of things that that I could think maybe I think could have been. It's oh, oh, in public, Andy. So oh, yeah. say again. It's, it's already out there in public, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's true. But I, I, I couldn't. I couldn't. Remember. Or or um or 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 in effect um you know been off the royals was like someone else that I think I saw that, and I'm just like. What on earth is this hysteria? It's like absolute nonsense stuff, you know. Like I think the the trick is, um, I, as you know, I'm a big cricket fan, and, and uh, Andrew Strauss is one of one of my favourite Eng England captains. His autobiography, when he got England cricket team to number one in the world, he 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 talks about like the psychology of when you win, don't get too high, don't mm -hmm. get too ahead of yourself. When you get beat, don't beat yourself up too much. Yeah. It, the trick is trying to keep a bit of a level head in this when you're making decisions as the captain of the England cricket team. Well, the, the same has to be true here for the people that run the football club. They've got to try and keep a level head. Yeah. And what you see on social media is hysteria in either direction. You know, like some people last week after we won 5-1 are starting to talk about, well, could we get into the play? You know, someone on the fan zone and then what? We could yeah. squeeze into the playoffs. There is zero chance we're going to get in the playoffs. <laughs> zero, right? I think there is... There is obviously a chance that we'll go down, but I don't think we will. I've said we'll, we'll, we should be, have enough to steer clear. But to come back to the question I want to ask you is, yeah. where do you put the blame for yesterday? Is it at the foot of the manager? But the, Because the manager's playing the 4-4-2 that, 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 that all the hysterics were crying out for, right? So the formation was, was as everyone wants it to be. Or is it that the players are just not good enough? doesn't matter whether it's David Unsworth, Jose Mourinho... Or David Dunn. It doesn't really matter who, who, who the eleven players are, because the obvious, the obvious problem we've got is across the middle of the pitch, right hand side of midfield, and both centre midfielders are just not good enough, and that is where we lose every game. So where is it, manager or players? 
I think, um, as with everything, you can't make you you can't say exactly right because there's there's a lot of moving parts. It's not just so because what you could say is right. Yesterday for me, it was the players, right? But why was it the players? What what precedes? You know, what's the situation in the dressing room before the game? What's going on in training? What's the atmosphere like in the camp? What's the what's the the tactical setup of the manager? What's the motivational skills? There's a lot going on that we don't have the answers to, which is why for me, I find it difficult to point the finger specifically because I don't have enough information to point the finger uh, at people specifically. But having said that, yesterday, I watched a team that didn't look like it won 5-1 last week and, and was free scoring and fancied itself in front of goal. In fact, I didn't see a team that fancied itself anywhere on the park yesterday. Um, they didn't look like they wanted to win the game. They, they didn't. They, the, again, the ball retention is just abysmal. The amount of space they gave Gateshead to move into uh, dangerous positions to score their goals was just criminal. You know, there was just, it was really, really poor. And I blame the players for that performance because they're the ones who have to go out and deliver a performance and they did not deliver a performance. Whether um, that's partly because of any kind of situation with the manager is difficult to say. Because I do think, like you said, the team is still unbalanced. Despite all these players that we've got, you know, we've got no uh, creativity in midfield. The ball does not stick anywhere. Um, they're, they're, you cannot beat a team. Like Gates had scored the first goal yesterday and then just piled on the pressure. We couldn't keep hold of the ball. We didn't, like what you, what you want in a situation like that when you're at home, the Gates had scored kind of out of nothing, out of the blue, stuck a shot in from outside the box, right? Okay, the, the home team has to take possession of the football. It has to calm things down. It has to you know, put, start putting pressure on Gateshead by having the ball. We do not have the ball. We didn't have the ball against Dorking. We didn't have the ball against Notts County. Not Dorking are their own worst enemy, right? We've got a special guest coming on. Mark White from Dorking is coming on the football phone on Wednesday, right? And he, because we'll move on to uh, what happened after the game with the interview and stuff in a minute, but he came out and he said in, the, in his post-match, um, after the, the Oldham Dorking game, that the reason that they lost that game is because their defense was shit, right? They did everything else right. They had the ball, they moved it forward. Obviously, they didn't take any uh, enough chances, but their defending was terrible and they gave Oldham opportunities to score goals. Yesterday, we did not do enough to make life difficult for Gateshead. We gave them the ball back at any given opportunity and we made them look like a much better team than they were because. If, if we don't have the ball, we can't win football matches. We did not have any sustained periods of, of pressure. It was just a very, very, very poor performance in a very, very wet, cold, windy, horrible boundary park. As a, as a spectator, there was really nothing to take away from it um, with going into the next game against Wheelstone. You play that against, against Wheelstone, who again are a possession side. They're going to pass it around us and... You know, if they if, if they if they're a lot more disciplined with the ball than um, and defensively than than Dorking are, again, it's going to be another really really difficult ninety minutes. So, um, Steve, what do you think? Um, I mean, <clears throat> we were talking about like where the where the blame lies. I mean, I was just looking for the for the the full lineup yesterday just to sort of see how many of those players that Unsworth had actually signed. And I think you know, there's obviously 
as the weeks pass, there's, there's, there's an increasing amount of people in the lineup that are his players. Um, I think for us to go, you know, I've spoken to people about the Dork and they said, well, so it was a great result. Yeah, we didn't have loads of the ball and it probably wasn't a 5-1 game when you looked at it on the balance. Um, but it's momentum, isn't it? I was looking for some momentum yesterday and, and we just looked flat. You know, and and if and if the manager's sending, you know, especially a manager in in, in the mould of someone like David Unsworth and how he played his you know his career sort of panned out, you'd be expecting him to send them out with some aggression, get into them in the first. You know, it's a cup game. Whether you like, whether you agree with the cup competition or whether you value the cup competition, it's it's a cup competition. You can get to Wembley. The players the players should have some personal pride in that, especially on the back of a really really good result. You know, you should be looking to build on that. And, and it just didn't look from the off yesterday that that we did want to build on that. And obviously, you know, all, all the, the, the stuff that you hear about under which I'm, I'm sure we'll come on to. Um, like, if it's true that he, you know, he, he, he left the ground early or whatever, that, that just sends a completely wrong message. You know, you talk about Strauss being a leader. That sends a completely wrong message to the players that he's managing, especially when we're on the back of a 5-1 victory. So I, I would I would question I would question Unsworth's role in that and and the messages that he that he that he sends out to the players when he's when he's sending them onto the pitch because we just don't look as if we're a team that we don't we don't come out the traps do we we almost look as if we want to try and beat a team in second gear. I I, I can't work out whether um, you know when, when we were playing all these convoluted. Five, three, two, one, five. You know, three, five, two. All these sort of you know fancy damn formations that that, that he was doing before he just just stumbled across across four four two in the last few weeks. When he was playing those, it looked like he was setting us up defensively. He looked like he, he was setting us up to just sit back and maybe try and hit him on the break. And I and I can't work out whether that's just what he thinks. That's his approach. Will always be his approach, no matter what. Or whether he's setting the team up because he's looking at the the person that he's got available to him, thinking we don't retain the ball very well, so I might as well soak up pressure and just try and hit him on the break. Like I can't work out what that is. Um, but even even you know, like with with four four two yesterday, which is the formation everyone wants, we we, we still don't retain the ball. We can't pass it. We, we you know, I can't work out whether we're sitting back because we just we're not good enough at keeping hold of the ball, or whether that's what he's actively wanting us to do. And that presumably. You know, people like Joe Royal and and um, and Darren Royal and and people who understand football are having those conversations with him in the background to understand what his approach is. And and this is the other point I want to come to is which is, you know, he he's we're saying a lot of those players are his players now. When Darren Royal came on and we interviewed him back in November, he told us that the structure at the club included a data analyst department. So that's a a department that looks at, you know, uh, scouting the opposition for uh, and, and looking at our own performance for analyst uh, purposes to, to inform the, the coaching staff, but also to scour the potential transfer market. So we're looking at, we're doing the, the money ball, for want of a better phrase. We're using some of these um, stats products that Darren quite eloquently explained to us that he knows a lot about. We're using those to mine for footballers that we think might be good. And then we're sending out a brand new head of scout and scouting network to go and look at some quality control on those and then decide how to sign them. So David Unsworth is not 100% in charge of who we sign because that explanation tells us that we have a scouting network and analyst department working with the coaching staff to to bring players in. It's self-evident that to me that David Unsworth 
didn't really want Alex Reed. You you don't play him. You don't want him. You don't fancy him, does he? Yeah. Um, so so well, the, presumably he gets he, he get I mean he gets the sign or he gets to make the decision, doesn't he? I mean he presumably is presented with players to make the decision of whether he wants them or not, rather than you know the well, sign. Pre, pre, his, presumably it's a, presumably it's a collective decision in these in these situations. So the the analyst you know look at the stats and say that this player would fit in this formation and do this job. Um, that the scouts go and see them, give their sort of quality control reports on it. They they try and negotiate a price, and of course David Unsworth says yes or no, I don't want him, but. David Unsworth wanted Nuttall. He's now got him. But he just feels like Alex Reid was like, well, that's Nuttall. That's the Nuttall we couldn't get. Oh, shit. Now we have got Nuttall. Oh, no, I don't want to yeah, play him anymore. Yeah, yeah. So he, he feels like, you know. And so I'm wondering, you know, is there a bit of friction between the coaching staff and the scouting department? And David Unsworth in his, did an interview, didn't he, which I don't think we picked up on for last week's pod. But with um, with Gary Pascoe, who was on the phone in the week, who was who was a good lad, um, and he talked about a director of football, David Unz, within that interview. I assume he was referring to the head of scouting. He could, of course, be referring to Joe Royal. I don't know because there isn't technically a director of football. I'm assuming it was just a slight, you know, a slight mishap in, in the description. But a director of football possibly is a bit different from a head of scout. So, again, what's the structure on the football playing side? I'm wondering if there's a bit of friction in there. I, I, I don't know. I'm speculating. Because for him to have just walked out at the end of the game, he's obviously upset by something, if that, if that is the case. What is he upset by? Is he is he just upset by the performance? He just can't be. He didn't want to speak speak to the players because he's so angry. So he's taking himself away in case he says something he regrets. Or is he upset with other things that are going on in the background? And I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, what, what yeah, I think I think the thing for me is 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 that the formation like when, when he first came in, like you say, he was he was swapping, he was swapping around with like, formations and everything, and he was constantly going on about what. You know, the players that he had at his disposal, his disposal weren't weren't good enough, and 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 I totally take that on board. You know, and and you know, Shez couldn't get a great deal out of them, albeit I'm guessing on a points per game, he would probably get more out of them what Unsworth got out of them. I think my and 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 whilst so whilst I accept that as a point, I'll put that to one side. What I would also say is that you know the the, the players that he had at his disposal when he came in. I, I, I didn't see that he improved them. He didn't get more out of them. Now, Unsworth's background for me is, is, is was a youth coach. He's obviously done some assistant manager work and all that kind of stuff. But he's a, he was a youth coach at Everton, you know. And and to to a large extent, you can't just go out and sign new youngsters when you don't like the youngsters you've got. You've got to work with what you've got. You've got a crop of youngsters there. It's your job to improve them. So I was thinking when he came in, I was like, well, they'll be able to get more out of them because that's what he does. And he didn't. And now he's signing players, you know, and he's not getting he's not getting a lot out of them for me, you know. And and you, and you can look at people like you know like Maynard, dogs gets dogs abuse, you know. You've had Hogan uh, who's come in, you've had, you know all the other Stockport lads, and it's fine. You can say that some of them are a bit part read, another one like you can some say they were a bit part players at County when they got up. Some of them were like mainstays of the team. It's fine. I'll take that on board. But there was a manager out there that could get more out of them to the point where they could get promoted out of this division. They might not be good enough for League Two, I accept that. But managers have been in and around this league and got more out of them. And Owensworth isn't doing that. So we can question the, the, the mentality of the players 
these, but these are all players that have been promoted out of this division. But let, let's so let's be, look at Alex, let's look at Alex Reed in, in the context of this season. He was at Solihull. He got eight goals. Yeah, you know, and he's and he and, he, and when he came here, he was played initially up front on his own, which he was never going to do anything, you know. Um, and then when you know other strikers have come in, he's he's been put on the bench. So you know, he must be yeah. thinking, "What's going on here? I was doing all right at Solihull." <laughs> And now he yeah. comes here, and he's and he's and, you know he's 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 coming on at the you know late stages yesterday, and when we're five one up against Dorking and things like that. So whatever it was when he came on, but um, yeah, I mean, it's it doesn't feel it doesn't feel great at the minute. I mean, the, there is a lot of pressure on everybody. Obviously, there's a lot of pressure on the manager. There's a lot of pressure on the players. There's pressure on the supporters. Insofar as we're we're worried that we you know we don't want to go down. And presume you know there's pressure on the board. There's pressure on everybody because this is a brand new experience for for everybody. <laughs> We've never been this low down in the football pyramid before. The, the, the you know the, the club owners have never owned a football club before. David Unsworth and his team have never been responsible for a first team, let alone one that's you know in a relegation fight in the national league. So it's 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 a difficult and it's a pressure situation. Like I said before, we don't know what's going on. Like you said, Andy. We don't know what's going on in the club. We don't know the, the ins and outs of it. And, and and the reality is, as much as we all want to know, <laughs> and we wish there was like, you know, 24-hour webcams and drones flying around everywhere so we could watch everything all the time. And, you know, that's not the reality. And if, and if we get people like Darren Royal on and David Unsworth on, they're not going to tell you the ins and outs of the interpersonal relationships and whatever issues yet. Because that, that's not professional of them. They will, they will want to resolve them internally, and that's absolutely fine. But having said that, Yesterday, myself, you know, the, the, and the rest of the local media were in the in the press um, room waiting for the manager to come in yesterday. And rumor came in around that he'd left the building, you know. Um, Suzanne from the Times looked out the window. She said, "Yeah, his car's gone." So we were just kind of hanging around, and 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 I had offered somebody a lift home yesterday. So I was like, "Look, I'm going to have to go. I can't I can't just hang around here. I'm somebody waiting for me." So I just as I was walking out to leave, John Everell was on his way in. So I turned around and came back in. And this is what he had to say. Matt Dean from the Boundary Park Alert System podcast. Okay. Where's the gaffer? Uh, I don't know. He just asked me to do the press okay. today. That, that's not unusual. So it's... Is, he, is he fuming after, after that performance? Or... We all are. Yeah, yeah we all are, yeah. We yeah. all are, yeah. It, it was very frustrating, you know, as a fan, because ultimately that's what, what I am there. Um, a trip to Wembley would have been nice, but never mind. A <laughs> long way to go. But um, ball retention seems to be a real problem. We didn't keep the ball well today at all, did we? No, and I think uh, there's a number of uh, different factors for that. Uh, probably a little change in emphasis on, on what we're trying to do in terms of uh, recently league position, recent, you know, recent results in terms of conceding goals. So, uh, yeah, clear emphasis to... to play a certain way and a, play a certain style at this stage. Uh, the pitch today... I mean, they might have played a little bit of football, but not much. So I don't think that was conducive to that. But, uh, you know, we, we're just trying to evolve as a team, uh, get results and uh, evolve uh, our performances on the back of that. I think off the back of last week, obviously, was a was a, a, a boost and a lift, but it shows that there is still a lot of work to do, uh, isn't there? 100%. <laughs> last week, yeah, you can never get too high yeah. and too low in, in football. And to me, last week was... Good, you know, fine. But, um, you know, every game's different. And, 
you know, there's no point getting too excited. When you, when you start winning, you know, six, seven, eight games on the bounce, yeah. it's, it's the time to start thinking we're onto something here. Yeah. Uh, too experienced in the game to think that, you know, winning at Dorking last week was something to, to you know, to celebrate for, for days and days. You no, know, it was just like, we've won that one, onto this one. Yeah. And, you know, as I say, today, players and staff collectively will say that that performance wasn't at the level that we want. Yeah. We do seem to like that composure in midfield. Is there, is there any signing, potential signings for, for midfield? Because I think that's been a problem area for most of the season. Is there anything on the horizon? Not that I'm aware of. Um, obviously, it's January and, and you know, league clubs, etc. will we'll be looking to, to do some business. You know, I think the National League's slightly different. We can, you know, we can take players as and when. And we have tried to evolve the squad and that search and that. Uh, progression will will continue, but I, I can't give you any information on on anything. All right. Well, thanks for talking to no us. Worries, yeah, Cheers. No worries, so, okay, no problem. So, the main thing there is uh, we can come on to what Ebrel had to say, but what do we make Stephen of uh, Mister Unsworth not showing up for the post match press conference? Um, I, I just think it sends totally the wrong message out to, to everybody to local press to fans to the players um you know you shouldn't be happy to stand in front of a a camera when you've won 5-1 and do an interview and then you know sort of you know give it all the props all week in terms of you know what a great result it was and how happy we are we turn the corner blah 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 but then not do it when we lose 3-1 in the manner that we lost yesterday so I, I just think I just think from a leadership point of view, I just think it's really, really poor. Mm-hmm. Um that you know, you know, you look at you look at the great managers, I know we're a million miles away from being able to talk about that, but you look at the great managers and then come out and probably just take the focus off the players and that performance rather than throw them under a bus. Whereas he's almost put more focus on the players by by not turning up because they were just talking about how how bad it was. So yeah, I I just think it was Really, really poor, and and it, it might have been a spur of the moment thing where he's just you know stormed off and got his car, and he's, he's probably got halfway home and thought, "Crap, probably should have done that." Well, I mean, I, I you don't you don't know the personal circumstances, right? You could have been a personal reason for him to have to leave it. I, I I don't know. I don't want to speculate. But the the thing that um, the thing that I I almost want to ask because we're novices at this, right? We're we're not we're not media. We're, we're pretty good at putting a podcast together nowadays, but we're not media experts in as much as we've done this a thousand times. What was the general consensus in the media room about the fact that he might have gone from those people who've done this for a living for a long time? Was was it something that they were surprised about or had they seen this quite a few times from other people in the past? Um, it was a surprise to the people in the room. There was, it was a surprise that it was kind of like also people didn't really know what was going on. And we were kind of stood there for like half an hour waiting, you know, like mm. uninformed, um, mm. just kind of hoping that someone was going to come out. Um, but I actually found out then a little bit later that it was Unsworth and Jeffers both left pretty much immediately. Okay. Um, so, you know, maybe they had to do something together, I don't know, go shopping or something. But... Um, <laughs> for a midfielder, yeah, for a midfielder, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> but look, no, I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was poor. I thought it was really, really poor. I thought to yeah. be, um, like you said, leadership, come out, face up to it. Like it's your team, um, you're responsible, you're the manager. 
Uh, it's your job to come out and speak to the press. Um, you know, uh, let's be perfectly honest, right? You know, we we I back the manager, back the board, back the club. Um, but I will say what I see, Roy, you know, to, to kind of phrase or catchphrase, right? I will say what I see. And um, because I'm not trying to make uh, friends, cause you up or whatever, you know, it's, it, I'll say I, my own integrity is important. The integrity of this podcast is important. You know, the media team from the club, employees of the club, you know, they ask very, very safe questions, right? When it comes to the post-match interviews with the manager, which is understandable, but it's, 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 you know, you're always going to get, if you, if you ask, you know, out of the box questions, you're going to get out of the box answers, aren't you? So that's the way it is. And this podcast is about, is, is a fan podcast by fans for fans. So I asked John Ebrill where the manager was because I wanted to know where the manager was. Um, and I think he was a bit taken aback by that and he didn't quite know how to answer it. And I don't think the answer he gave was necessarily 100% accurate. Because uh, I think he knew exactly where <laughs> they, they pissed off, right? Um, fine, okay. So, but you know, I wanted to ask a few questions to David Unsworth yesterday about that performance, you know, because it's not all about like, well, you know, you're allowed in the press box if you ask nice questions. That's you know, and and I think people are a bit. I think that was we had all that with the Oldham time, not the necessarily the Oldham Times, but the Oldham Chronicle. The old, all the local media in the past were too scared to ask the club direct questions, and we were getting a bit of stick of that when we spoke to Unsworth in that sort of general interview that we did. Um, but again, I think in terms of like, yeah, we we may not be like really experienced media professionals, Andy, but. We are smarter than you know than those people who, who are calling for pitch invasions and uh, going into hysterics every two minutes, depending on the result, either one way or the other. You know, we have a sort of a more balanced view, and I think there's a time and a place. And I think yesterday was the time and the place to ask some tough questions about like the performance. And I, I felt like once John Ebrill came out that it was a different type of question. You know, this is not the this is not the man who's responsible. This is the assistant manager. You know, it's not it's always tempered down the question. The, the the main question then became not about the performance, but where's the manager? That was sort of like the main issue of 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 the day. So, I think it was I think it was um, I think it was all wrong. I think I I, I was very very disappointed. And it, regardless of the you know the reasons and stuff, you have to look at how these things are perceived. And it went down like a lead balloon <laughs> amongst the fan base, didn't it? And it does bring into question character, leadership, and accountability, and 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 that that's that's not me having a go. That's not me being overly critical. That's just how I see it, and I think how a lot of other people see it. Well, and, and I think that's fair. I'd, I'd I'd like to hear the explanation um, be, 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 before I'm, I cast an entire judgment. But you know what what you potentially leading to might might be right. I'm I'm not you know like. I caught. I was having a pop last week at the whole the full rage over him not waving at us at Notts County and all that. I just didn't. I just. I felt that was just, you know, manufactured just because people wanted to hurl abuse at an individual, which I'm not particularly keen on the idea of. But you know, this if if there isn't a suitable explanation, then it does seem a little bit poor form. And I don't know. You know, I don't know Frank. I don't know the Rothwell family, but they don't strike me as people that would. Um, Put up with poor behaviour for very long. Um, you know, it, it, we haven't signed Ryan Colclough possibly because of money, possibly because of uh, character, 
I'm I'm fine with either. Um, I think when in in previous weeks, so if you go back to pre-Christmas, some people were calling for Unsworth's head weeks and weeks and weeks ago. You know, probably November time, you were getting people calling it, and and I'm saying be patient, give it time. My 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 judgment on um, be patient, give it time, is based around I'm trusting the board of directors that we've got to yeah. make decisions because they're 100%. competent. They're proven competent people in yeah. business. Uh, in and and the the non Rothwell directors are, are, are competent business folk, and the royals. I mean, look, you know, one of one of the royals is the greatest, in my opinion, the greatest ever manager. Some people say Frizzle, the greatest ever manager that we've ever had, and he's he's like, excuse the pun, royalty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and his son spent, you know, weeks and months of his time during our darkest hours trying to save us. So deserves some respect. And and space to make decisions, um, and, and he's and clearly think- an, clearly an intelligent guy. We've spoken to him, and we've you know you know in the way he presents it, he presents himself in all the right ways and all like that. So yeah, exactly. We've got to give them the, some respect and time to deal with it. Yeah, which is why people calling for pitch invasions over the managers. It's you know it's a ridiculous thing to say because you know what happened with the Lenzigums and that was extreme circumstances. We've got competent people. We need to let them do their job and they will make the tough decisions. It's easy to scream and shout on Twitter when there's absolutely no accountability. You've got no responsibility. Absolutely. You you look at Scunthorpe yesterday. So Scunthorpe were pitch invading yesterday because their owner, Peter Swan, is playing chicken with HMRC. I mean, it's it's, it's a really, really serious situation. We don't have any of that. I know know that we're rubbish at football at the minute. got eyes in my head as well i do go and watch them <laughs> fairly regularly I, I get that but i'm i'm placing my trust in the competent people that run the foot and the and the Rothwells that have just dumped 13 million quid of their own personal wealth on saving our football club from impending doom yeah and I, they will make the decision well and they're I, the ones andy that the, the things that we talked about before the between the lines stuff that we don't know and that we don't see presumably they're running the club properly and and they have the right infrastructure within the you know and the and, and meetings and they know they know this stuff you know they're communicating yeah. with the players with the other staff they know what the atmosphere is like they know the situation so they ju- they make the decisions based on a much fuller, broader uh, knowledge than we do. And that's why when we've been talking about this kind of like, it's the board's responsibility, it's the board's responsibility. They have to know what's going on within the football club in ways that we don't, because we, as fans, constantly speculate, constantly rumour, blah, blah, blah. But what what we can comment on is what we see um, and what actually happens in front of our eyes. And, 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 And obviously yesterday was... It was poor on a lot of levels. The performance, I, I don't, you know, John Ebro was saying about, you know, Scuns, uh, Gateshead played a bit more football. They played a lot more football than we did. They kept, they actually kept the ball because there was, there was, a, there was, you know, there was a good bit of kind of like periods of passages of play where it was just kind of pinging around and it was going off heads and boing, 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 you know, and it was like on a bobbly pitch and that. But, you know, we virtually hardly ever had the ball. And so when it wasn't pinging around in Gates had had the ball. So and if they had the ball, that means that they were passing it around between themselves. So blaming the pitch, I think that's you know, you watch some of these classic matches that they have on um whatever channels they're on, you know, on those mud bats, the Upton Park and Old Trafford and wherever from back in the day. They play football on it. You can play football on crap pitches if you're a good footballer. 
you know. Um, and blaming the pitch, I think, is is um, is too easy an option. Look at let's let's talk about Peter Clark send, sending off yesterday. You know, there was a the second goal went in. There was um, Peter Clark was raging that it was offside. Uh, Ebro said in his in his um, interview um, yesterday that he, he didn't know. He thought maybe it'd come off uh, kitchen, um, but you know, Clark goes over. He says his piece to the linesman, gets booked for it, and then continues and gets a second yellow straight away. Now, for me, there's a lot of frustration that pent up inside Peter Clark. Is is he directing abuse at the linesman and referee that he should be di- he should be directing at the rest of his team for that performance that they put in yesterday? It's very unusual for Clark to lose his discipline like that. So he's, he, he was obviously very, very upset. I don't think it was necessarily just about the goal and the officials. Yeah, the officials were poor. It's National League. You know, you're going to get that. Um, it's You can't be pointing the fingers. It's not the officials' fault. It's not the pitch's fault. It's the players on the, on, on the, on the, on the pitch. Their defending was poor that led to that goal. Whether it's offside or not, that's the reason for it, right? So, let you know, and 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 it's little things like that that for, that frustrate me. He's out of the game against Wheelstone, you know. That's going to be really tough now. What do you, what do you think, Steve? Um, yeah, I mean, I listen to the April stuff. I, I think that with him saying that, you know, I, I hate that blaming the pitch thing because the it's the same pitch. Both both teams have got it. You know, you can't say that it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't necessarily a pitch conducive to football, but but you make the best of it, don't you? And I think you know, and it's not like. And if you wanted to switch it up and play a different, try a different form, you know, try a different sort of style of play, then well, it's a shame that we just didn't have two big lumps up top in it, in the shape <laughs> of Nuttall and 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 Fondop, who could hold it up and bring other players into play. But we but we didn't do that. Sorry, to really know, know, just yeah. on that point that you're making, just want to ask you. Well, you know, in the interview there with Ebro, when he said about adapting our style of play, when I asked him about ball retention, he 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 alluded in that that we've gone for a more direct style of play. That that the reason we're not uh, holding on to the ball is because we're trying a different style of play now, which is the two up top, which is the more direct style. But we didn't look yesterday, did we? Like there was that there'd been any kind of. <laughs> that they had any idea about how to deliver that style of play? It wasn't no. like you know. The, 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 we, oh yeah, you can see what we're trying here. There was none of that. I, it, it just looked completely disjointed, didn't it? Yeah, it did. And and and, and I'll be honest, I've not I've not got a UEFA badge anywhere. You know, I've never even bloody seen one, so I'm not really in a position to comment. But I, I would say, if you're going to play a style like that, then you need a midfield that's going to be aggressive to win those second balls in midfield and recycle it and keep 100%. it. You know, keep it whether it's going out wide or whether it's bringing other players into play. And we didn't do that. You know, I think How that, many times did that ball go up? The gates of play won the header and then just that big gap between midfield yeah. and attack that gates are picking the ball up and then they were back on the front foot. Happened over and over again, didn't it? Yeah. It, 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 we just looked, if anything, we just we looked a bit leg weary. You know, even I'm, I'm certainly not saying that, that as an excuse. We just looked, there was no aggression at all in that side yesterday. There was no one who was, you know, maybe other than Clarkey. Um, and 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 Hogan, um, but there was no aggression to to want to win the ball back and actually cause them some problems. And I think and that and that's not the first time I've, I've walked out of the ground and said that. You know, I've but said then, that a lot this, this season. This, this 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 is where you get back to that. Is it just the players? 
So, you know, it, 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 until we sign some a couple of, you know, midfielders that can put the foot on the ball and, and are prepared to get absolutely stuck in and leave nothing, you know, leave nothing on, on the pitch, just put everything into it, how how are we going to improve? Because, you know, we, we get overrunning midfield. We've been getting overrunning midfield since we played Wheelstone at home, which was about the third game in the season. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't think we've retained the ball better than any team since then, you know, like, since that point. No, I don't think we've done that. I don't think we've retained the ball better than anyone all season. Yeah, probably right. You know, but the, I guess the first two games were, you know, we drew at Torquay and we beat Dorking at home. It, 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 we didn't see the signs of it until that Wheelstone home game when yeah, they were just passing around us. You know, it, it, from that point, it's just been self-evident that we cannot retain the football. So we either need to do something about that soon. I mean, look, if you look at the next next six of the next eight games are at home. It's massive, right? And and you know, of the next nine games, you've got so the home games: Southend, York, Halifax, Dagenham, Gateshead, Maidstone. Like there are some absolute six pointers in there, and the away games are Wheelstone, Aldershot, and Gateshead. Mm. So, it, literally, our season boils down to the next sort of few games, and I, I, you know, this is up to the to the board to judge. I don't think we'll go down because I don't think the board will let us go down. But if um, if we don't if we don't start picking up some results in the next couple of games, we, he's 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 going to be in trouble, serious. Unfortunately. Trouble. Unfortunately, we're going to have to play six of those games on that pitch, uh, and that pitch isn't going to get any better <laughs> in that period of time, is it? So they're going to have to uh, they're going to have to figure something out about that because uh, that's our pitch, and we're going to. I mean, the thing is, is that if you've got a crappy pitch, it's supposed to be to your advantage because you're used, you're the ones that are used to playing on it. You know what I mean? Mm. And the opponents coming in, go, oh, you can't play on this. You know, some of the more, some of the better football sides might come on there and. and well, look, like I said, if you're a good footballer, you'll play you'll play football on a, on a crappy pitch because you've got a good first touch and you can pass it, you know. So <laughs> it shouldn't be so much of an issue. So, look, we will remain we remain to be seen. We've got the phone in on Wednesday, so we've got the Wheelstone game, and then we've got like the um, the phone in. We've got Mark White, the Dorking manager and owner, coming on, so we can really get stuck into conversation, not just about Latics. But we can get his kind of like feedback. You know, we'll open up the the forum so that you guys can ask him questions. Not you two specifically, or, although if you phone in, you can. Uh, the, you know, the, the the public can phone up and speak to Mark and ask him some questions, um, maybe about what he thinks of Oldham, what he thinks of our chances, what he thinks of our team, what he thinks of. You know, he's got a lot of love for the club. He's got a lot of love for the people that he's met with the club. And 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 again, Andy, that kind of falls back into that. Um, you know, the way things are done by the club the way that the you know the, the, the way that the, the club is represented when it goes out and about you know um at frank being every game he can get to um you know he's completely different to not having a board of directors i've just remembered that i had a dream about adam morally last night and he had some guy out that was like a hitman after me and that's just come back to me now uh so anyway so there's obviously some unresolved issues there that i need to go and see my psychiatrist about um but you know when we're not represented by those kinds of people anymore we've got good people representing the football club they know uh gary pasco last week uh on the docking football phone in uh, sorry lattice football phone in um said that um you know, he, he had a lot of time and respect for, for David Unsworth. And, and the few times that I've met him, he seemed like a really nice guy. But you get a measure of somebody, not when everything, when you meet somebody in everything's nice. You know, he, he, you get a measure of him when, you know, the, 
shits at the fan when you're up against the wall. And that's why in that situation yesterday, we will learn more about him there and then than, you know, after a 5-1 against Dawkins. So that's why it's disappointing. So um, I think that wraps up pretty much everything from uh, the general sort of gist and the podcast and all that sort of thing. We have to move on now to testing Steve, his <laughs> knowledge. Steve, you have over the, like, couple of years that I've known you, displayed Rain Man tendencies when it comes to uh, Latitz games, <laughs> right? Um, by naming, you know, like, right, oh, yeah, that's when um, such and such came <laughs> off the bench and blah, 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 you know, and I'm like, if you say so, Steve. But now is the time. Now is the time. It's Latitz's mind. Are you ready? Uh, well, I mean, I've got no choice of it, really. You can do it. Now, remember what we talked about yesterday? You were going to Enter like a yogic, like Andy. Andy sat there with all these incense burning and his tie-dye drapes <laughs> on the wall and that, you know, Mr. Zen. I, you know, you just need to emulate Andy's. Enter a space, and, um, Steve, in your... Zen. Zen. Yeah. Deep breaths. Close your eyes. Focus on the questions. And enjoy. That is <laughs> What score did Latics win at Sheffield United on the 2nd of January, 1988? <laughs> Pass. Aston Martin make the DB range. Can you name two Latics goalkeepers between 2009 and 2012 with the initials DB? Dean Brill, Dean Bazanis. Correct. Who picked Latics to the Football League Championship in 1915? Uh, Everton. Correct. What was unique about Latic being 5-0 up against Portsmouth and Nottingham Forest in 89 and 92, respectively? Um, all the goals were scored by different players. Incorrect. Both games finished 5-3. Who scored Latic's first Premier League goal? Earl Barrett. Um, Nick Henry. Who was sent off in the epic 3-3 draw with Burnley in April 1998? Pass. Who made his debut at Queen's Park Rangers in December 1992 and will play in every remaining game that season? When was it? Sorry, December 92? Yeah. Did you say? Yeah. Uh, pass. Who scored 33 league goals in 1936-37? Um, Eric Gemmell. Wrong. Tom Davis. Who scored Latics winner at Hampton and Richmond in the FA Cup in 2018? Uh, Baxter. Wrong. Callum Lang. After Latics lost 4-2 at home to Tottenham in the FA Cup in 1988, I've started so I'll finish. Latics were unbeaten at home in the competition for 11 years. Who ended that run in January 1999? Um, 
January 99. Hmm. I'm going to say Bolton, but I know it wasn't then. Wrong, it was Chelsea. Ah. So, if I top those up, I think you got two right. And you had one, two, three passes. Your first pass, this is unbelievable, this question came up. The first one, what score did Latics win at Sheffield United on the 2nd of January 1988? You obviously didn't listen to last week's podcast because we discussed it. It was 5-0. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, who was sent off in the epic 3-3 draw with Burnley in 98? It was Sean Garnett. Yeah. And which player made his debut in December 92 at QPR and played in every game for the rest of that season? It was Paul oh, Gerrard. Paul Gerrard. Yeah. Ooh, ah. Ooh, ah. Paul yeah. Gerrard. So, two correct, three passes. Puts you somewhere near the bottom. Yes. <laughs> that was tough. That was that was really tough. I thought you could have been a contender, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh. Off to lie in a dark room. How did you get on, Matt? Uh, about as well as I usually do. Yeah, I was hoping that the 1930s striker was uh, Tommy Shipman. Exactly. Yeah, that was. That, I mean, that that would have been the that would have been the guess I would have made after the the, the conversation we had there. I got uh, I think I got I got Everton. <laughs> um, uh, I got a couple. I think I think I probably got one or two. I don't, I don't know. I, yeah. I was I was too engrossed in listening to how Steve were getting on, really than. Yeah, they are. They are. They come up randomly. Um, yeah. On, you know, there's no, there's no pre-selection going on, so um, it's all down to Paul Prendergast. Yeah. Yeah, I shall be. Uh, I shall be having stern words with him next time. <laughs> well, thanks for taking part, Steve. Um, like Oldham in the FA Trophy, it's the taking part that counts. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I feel like I feel like the feeling I've got now it really like encapsulates what the players must have been feeling yesterday when they got beat. Yeah, well, I, I, to be fair, I think you your performance was was better than theirs because uh, you, know, yeah. you you got two right. So you know, Andy, thanks for uh, joining us uh, as usual. Thank you very much. You're and, welcome. Uh, Steve, thanks for joining us also for taking part. And um, have you got anything you'd like to uh, a quick message for the for the masses before you leave? Um, not really. No, just thanks for having us on. It's been lovely to be back. To be honest, and and I'd, I'd echo what Will said in in Fanzoni, which is uh, it's nice to just be enjoy uh, enjoying retirement. To be honest, oh, and congratulations on the uh, on the on the podcast award as well. Oh, thanks very much. Well deserved. So with that, Andy, uh, we will both announce our retirement from the podcast um, because apparently it's just a better life. Steve's been to Mexico and everything. So uh, it's been great. Thanks for having us. Uh, but uh, this is the last show. Goodbye. The Boundary Park Alert System is hosted and produced weekly by Matt Dean, Andy Halliwell and Dave Bradley. A huge thank you goes to those people who already subscribe to the podcast. We appreciate you all and if you'd like to help us out financially, please visit oafcpodcast.co.uk and click support or find the link in the show notes. It's only $2.99 a month to subscribe, but if you'd rather make a one-off donation, please visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash oafcpodcast or click the link on our website. Please follow and interact 
with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at OAFC Podcast and subscribe to youtube.com forward slash at OAFC Podcast where you will find the Latix Football phone in with myself and Dave Bradley live every Wednesday from 8.30pm. We'd like to thank Arlene Finnegan for writing our excellent weekly blog, which we encourage you to read on our website every Saturday morning. And thanks also goes to Paul Prentergast for providing us with all the Latix Mind questions. The title music for the show is by Manchester DJ and producer Starion. And for more information, visit bandcamp.com forward slash Red Laser Records. You can help change the game by listening to us on the Fan Hub app along with all major podcast platforms. Please like, subscribe and review the pod and help us climb the rankings to get more listeners wherever you listen. Thank you for listening and if you'd like to be a guest or contribute to the show in any way, we'd love to hear from you. See you next week.